Cedric Chambers paces across his nearly empty living room. His longtime friend, John Gallagher Jr., leans against the window, waiting. How you doing? Hi, how are you? Probably fine for that one. A customer has stopped by to pick through the pots and pans, old televisions, and piles of coffee mugs spread out on two tables in the front yard. These are the remnants of Cedric's life, all for sale. Cedric is selling the house, too, the home in Jonesboro, Maine, where he was born. I grew up here in this house in 1932. There was nine of us children, eight of us children born here in this room. No running water, no electricity. Really rugged. Cedric has spent more than 20 years fixing up the house his father built nearly a century ago. I hate to leave here, you know, but I have to do it. I've come to terms that I have to. Last month, Cedric's friend John was diagnosed with lung cancer. John has decided to spend his final days in his mobile home, three and a half hours down the coast in Edgecombe, Maine. Choosing comfort over chemotherapy, John has asked Cedric, a former nurse, to stay by his side. He is going to move and stay with me until the day I go. The way it's planned, if it works out that way, I'm going to die at home. And the home is his until he wants to leave. It's his till he wants to leave or till he dies. The two old men met by chance 45 years ago when John's wife was a customer at a beauty salon that Cedric used to own. They lost touch over the years, reconnecting when John's wife was sick, and a few months after she died, Cedric called him up one night. I said, what are you having for supper? He says can of SpaghettiOs, and he was eating it out of the can. I said, make damn sure it's your last one, because you'll never get another one. <laughs> so I went out and I started cooking and stuff for him. He wouldn't have been around if he hadn't been here this long. I don't cook. I did when my wife was sick, but when he come over, I quit. No more cooking. And he's a firm believer in a, in a square meal. Every night was a square meal, regardless. Eleven years later, It's time for Cedric to leave his family home, to care for John full-time. They sit on the couch in John's trailer, surrounded by hundreds of ceramic figurines and half a dozen cuckoo clocks. The two old friends haven't slowed down since they moved in last week. We're on the road all the time, to the doctors, to the grocery store, to Walmart. uh, Grocery store, the drugstore, the Walmart, doctors. It's a routine. Then I cook. I've got to cook. We eat better than most families, I think, at our age. Most people their age have families to care for them. But Cedric never married, and John's four children are scattered across the country. Years ago, they never thought they'd end up taking care of each other. Never dreamed it. We never dreamed that we'd get old. At that time, we were never going to get old. With no one else to turn to, it's up to them to plan for the end of John's life. I've been to the funeral parlor. I paid for my funeral. I picked out my own casket. And I even wrote my own obituary. And it's all down to the hour. If I die tomorrow, all he's got to do is call the undertaker. He's got everything. It's going to be rough. I know. I've, I've been there before with people. But he's a friend, and so I wouldn't do any other thing, you know, but to take care of him. He knows all about death and things, you know, and so we're not afraid.
three weeks later, it's a sweltering late September day. A plastic fan hums, pushing stagnant air around the room. Beads of sweat slalom down the creases in Cedric's skin. He uh, just gone downhill. He's having a hard time now breathing, I think, so I'm going to have to give him some more morphine. John is naked to the waist, wearing little more than a bed sheet. He lies on a metal hospital bed by the living room window. He had an awful night last night. He started getting awful restless and he hallucinating, and I stayed with him all night. But he's calmed down a little bit. You want to lie down or do you want to sit up a while? <coughs> huh? I was on it, yes. You lay down? Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's good right there. Slide right back down again. Yeah, that's all you do is slide down and back. <coughs> okay, good, get it out. Try to get some sleep. God, I'm shaking, I don't know why. Cut out the, I'll cut out this page, this part and this page, and then I'll glue it together. John R. Gallagher, Jr., 85, of Edgecombe, Maine, died at his residence on Tuesday, October the 2nd. Cedric sits alone on the long, empty couch. The hospital bed is gone now, replaced by a small lamp with a string of rosary beads hanging from the shade. Survivors include two sons, John R. Gallagher III of Arizona, and his daughters came on Sunday. They didn't get to the funeral. A lot of people didn't know about it, you know. So quiet and quick and quiet. But he didn't suffer. John was a good seamstress also. Not a seamstress, a tailor. (laughs) He could hem pants, do anything. I can't buy any more pants because I can't afford to have them done. And nobody could cook for it, just myself, you know. One night I had crackers and cheese and some grapes. That's all I felt like eating. I don't feel hungry at all. I know I've got to force myself to eat. I used to cook John beef stews, fish chowder, pork chops and sauerkraut, bake it in the oven and boil dinners. He said he wanted me to stay here in the place until I die. So that's what I'm doing. <laughs>